We're a crew, a team, in some ways a family. We will not stand down. We will not be broken by fear. I know what we have to do now. And why you can't showed me. One last lesson. This is one of those times I'm glad the Force is with you. <laughs> May the Force be with you. Bright suns, everyone. You're listening to the Geeky Bubble Podcast, where we talk about the Star Wars animated shows from the comfort of our own geeky bubble. I am your host, Jonah, and with me is the Hera to my chopper, my mom, Maria. Yay! <laughs> How are you, mommy? I'm good, I'm good. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. Since, since the first season of The Bad Batch. Yeah. When is that coming back? I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when I was doing the announcement for the Rebels Remember thing, I briefly mentioned The Bad Batch, and I was like, I have no idea when this show is coming back, wow. because they haven't really told us anything besides... A brief mention of in in Star Wars Insider, they've mentioned spring, but then Obi Wan Kenobi is airing in the spring slash summer. Oh, it's actually airing. Yeah, May twenty fifth. Because I, I I was reading a lot of tweets and and I thought, okay, so they delayed it even no, more. No, no, they they finally unveiled the release date. Gotcha. So May twenty fifth is the Obi Wan Kenobi show. I'm happy for the Obi-Wan Kenobi folks. I just want my bad, bad stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but happy Rebels Remember Day, mommy. Yay, Rebels. Rebels. Oh, my God. I miss them so much. Yes, I miss them, too. I miss our little ghost crew family and, you know, their adventures. You know that I haven't rewatched that show since it ended? Like, it's still painful. I remember that there was this other show that the same thing happened. It ended, and I was so heartbroken. Even when when they started, you know, re airing the 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 thing, I didn't went back to it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's hard to go back. I I mentioned on Twitter that I had to go back and grab a clip from Jedi Knight, which is the episode that where Kanan dies. And I thought, you know, it's been a couple, it's been four years. I'm good. I'm, I, I don't think I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I had to, of course, grab the clip of when he is holding back the, the, the fire and the explosion. Oh, God. And, and of course, I started crying. I was like, why do I do this to myself? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a, it's a rough one. But, you know, there are. When I when I went back to the beginning of the series to try to grab things from there for Rebels Remember Day, I, I just couldn't help but smile, like the innocent times, the good times. <laughs> uh, the times of, of, of hopeful, you know, outcomes, yeah. like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it does, it does taint, you know, the, what, what ends up happening does taint the way you view it, because... You know, I, there were a few moments that I was watching between Kanan and Ezra, and I thought, man, where those two end up later on is very different from where they are right now. And yeah. it just it makes you think about their journey and how it ends up. And it's hard. It's hard to rewatch it. And, and, that's, and that's the thing. That's why I haven't done it, because I know exactly where it's going to end. I need to really forget about how I felt because I'm never gonna forget how it ends because uh. that's never gonna happen. But I need to forget how I felt. Right, right. The feelings need to be. Yeah, they they need to low. Yeah, they need yeah. to go low, low enough for me to build them back up. <laughs> for you to have the urge to be yeah. like, you know what? I need my heart broken, broken again. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to feel alive. <laughs> like, oh. or like, like what you said yesterday. That that you know you're alive when you are on the brink, brink of, of death. death. <laughs> yeah, that was so, such a morbid thing the, for me to say. Yeah, but it, very wise, Jonah. Very wise. It was, and it, I was, and I said that while grating cheese. cheese. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which was like what? <laughs> I was making meatballs across from her, and I like, okay, what? <laughs> 
Yes, this is this is what goes through my mind. I'm a very morbid person, actually. And I think I've mentioned that on the show before. I Every time I step out of this house, I think of the worst case scenario. And you know what is funny, you know, Marie? I remember when you used to make fun of your aunt for being exactly like that. And look at you. It's such true. a good student of hers. Yes, it's true. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as you get older, you, you you realize how fragile life is and like anything can happen. But anyway, that is besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> we are here to look back at Star Wars Rebels. I didn't mean to like <laughs> go down this dark path. Well, did, isn't this what we used to do? It is, it is. But it's been four years since the show ended. And how crazy is that? That is crazy to think about. That four years have gone by since the, the series finale. And that means that... And here's something that's even crazier that I was thinking about last month. October 2022 will mark eight years since Star Wars Rebels first debuted in 2014. And so that means that in 2024, two years from now, we'll be celebrating the 10-year anniversary of its debut. Isn't that crazy? We'll be celebrating... Two of those years lost to me. (laughs) (laughs) I had to be reminded of my age. Yeah, yeah. It's just so wild to think about time. And how in ten, in two years we'll be celebrating the ten, ten year anniversary of Star Wars Rebels of an amazing show, amazing, amazing show. So let's dive right into it. So four years later, you know, we still don't know what happened to Ezra and Thrawn. We still don't know what became of Jason Syndulla, and we don't know what Sabine and Ahsoka's journey looks like. But Rebels is still a beloved part of the franchise. So I wanted to ask you, why do you think Rebels has resonated so deeply for a lot of people? I think it's because, you see, we all love Star Wars because we do. We love Jedis, like Jedis and, and, and all that that the mystique around them. It, it's fascinating and we love it and we and we eat it up. For a long time, especially after Clone Wars, which basically uh, an expansion of what we know on the prequels. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Rebels uh, is that thing that, that, that we all wanted to revive. Mm-hmm, that time period. That time period yeah. that was missing, and we 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 wanted it back. And Rebels gave us that, right? It did, and then it somehow still infused its own originality. originality. Yes, exactly. It was so well done that it sparked the love of of that 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 time mm-hmm. that had been so long in between us having anything f- about it. Right, right, you know? right. It's true. Yeah, because the prequel era is very vastly different from what we see in the original trilogy, which is a more run-down time. You know, war has been taking place for nearly 20 years by that point. And so this this show puts us right in near the middle of it. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, you get the, the retro-like feel to it because yeah. that's what the original trilogy was in you know the late seventies, early eighties, but you still get the the innocence and the 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 magic and and the hope that is Star Wars, which is what I really love about it. But I feel like in Rebels, the, the hope actually means something. They're striving for something. It was inspirational. Yes, yeah. It was inspirational, and that's what made it different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, okay, it's not just uh, yeah. We end up with hope, okay, but what? It was more than that, right? Yeah, it, it, it was uh, an inspiration that yeah, there is hope, but you have to work at it. Yeah, you have to keep going. It isn't it, something it does, that, that falls it just on your lap. lap that, yeah. that it just appears. Yeah, you know, yeah. you have to work for it. Yeah. Another thing that I love about Rebels, and it's I feel like it's the overall theme for Rebels now that I look back on it, is that you find ways to better yourself 
not just for yourself, but also for everyone else around you. And you see that through all the characters' journey. Everyone becomes a better version of themselves, not just because that's what you should do as a person, but that's because, you know, it, it contributes to the society around you, to the community around you. You know, Ezra yes. went from a street rat who really just only thought about himself to someone who wanted to protect his home, his family, his friends. Yeah. So he bettered himself, but he also bettered himself for the benefit of others. Yeah, and not I feel just like himself. I feel like that 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 is the overall theme in Rebels and, and something that I really identify with. Yeah. Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and not just family because they're your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, but family because they share commonality. Mm-hmm. They, 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 there's something in, in common with all of them. And that's what makes family. Right, right. Family is just, not just blood. Family is those that, that come together and, and, and help each other and carry them each other through difficult times and laugh with each other through the good times. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like Rebels encapsulates that very well. And it's something that I really appreciate because, you know, you look at the current condition of the world and a lot of people are just out for themselves. You know, everything else is out of sight, out of mind. It doesn't affect me. You know, Rebels, it wasn't just about me. It's a, it, it, I mean, it is about me. I want to better myself, but I also want to better myself for those around me. me. And My just, community. Yeah. And I just, I really love that about the show. And I don't think anything else has really captured that. Maybe Resistance. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just really love that theme the heart of the series is that yeah Yeah. so are there any moments from the show that you know you still think about that stand out to you like are there any is there anything that like uh for me i i think of ezra and his um the way that he connects with not just animals but with other people yeah that his ability to to stop others Make them stop and think. Yes, yes. Like even Hondo. Yeah. The effect that he had on Hondo of all people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, and I think those are my favorite moments. Is the 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 moments with the animals, the moments with Hondo. Yeah. The moments with the people that you will not think for a second they will be somewhat helpful. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he took the time yes. to, to, to teach them. I know, I know one episode that gets neglected often is Iron Squadron. And yeah. that's the episode with the three kids who you know, are, are trying to do something, trying to make a difference somehow. But they're trying to do it their way yeah. and not listening to authority or anyone else. And, and here you have Ezra, who is their age, and he tells them how we choose to fight is just as important as what we fight for. Like, that's one of the the best lines Ezra gives. Yeah. That experience is what, again, makes um, someone like Mark Matten a better person. person. Yeah. And he decides to join the rebellion. And, you know, we see him in the, in the last episode in Family Reunion and Farewell. Again, you better yourself in order to better the community Making around money. you and 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 uh, and I will never never uh be able to forget that that moment where he realizes uh Ezra uh. the uh, the moment he realizes that he had to let go yes oh man the letting go lesson oof you know and that's a hard one cuz at the time at the time like I remember it and, and and I remember seeing. Yeah, I'm gonna cry. Don't don't cry. <laughs> and I remember thinking, you know, that's such a strong lesson, and I wanna, you know, uh, adopt that into my my life somehow. Like I need to learn to let go of things, but somehow I've grown to be the opposite. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't want to let go of it. 
<laughs> but it, it's it's hard. It's hard to balance that. Yeah. It, it, but the thing is that that it, you see that's the thing. We we take that lesson and we want it to and we want to apply it to everything. Right. But right. the lesson itself doesn't really apply to, to everything. All, to all things. It's yeah. about that moment when 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 you realize that's it. I cannot. I actually, for real, cannot do anything about it. I cannot change it. Right. It's a, it's another way of of. You know, you, you, you change change the things you can and and let go of the ones you cannot. It's, it's, it's that moment, that moment of realization when you know that it is not that it's a lost cause, but it is something that it is not on you to change. Right. Identifying those moments where you, you can keep going at it and you can keep being who you are, but there's a, a a point when you have to realize, you know what? I cannot change this. Right. Th- this truly cannot be changed. It cannot be altered. It or, or it is not for me as an individual to change it. Right. Yeah. And there's that that common saying where you you can only control the things that are within your power, power to, to control. control. Um, and it, there are things outside of your control that you you just you can't affect in any way. So yeah, and that's a very difficult thing for humans to 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 distinguish. Right. We we want to control. We, yeah. we we want to change everything. We want to control everything. But there are certain things that are so, out of your control. Uh, yeah, and then we go to extremes. We go to the extreme where we don't care. Yeah, and then we go to the extreme where we care so much that it's a detriment to us. Right as individuals, you know? And like that moment when he realizes that, oh God. It's such a great Oof. moment and it really hits you right in the chest. <sighs> and then, and what I really loved about that moment too is his parents smiling at him. Yeah. Like, is this, is it, I'm still thinking about it years later. I was like, is this a construction by, by Palpatine? Or is this like his parents actually... Reaching out reaching through the out, force. Yeah. yeah. It just, it, it makes you want to just cry. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the corner and oh, cry. God. <laughs> um, and, oh, but, but other moments that stick out to me, um, Zeb and that one episode, Legends of Lasat. Yeah. Legends of the Lasat. And he has his, uh, his weapon his, and he transforms it into a staff and, and he finds his new home world. Yeah. And the music in that scene, like the music Oof. overall in the, in the show, was amazing. Like, like it, 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 it was one of the things that we used to talk about a yeah. lot. Like yeah, yeah. the the art, the colors, the the, the, the music. The music yeah. Like, ah, oh. it really stood out in Rebels. Because you know, people ask me about uh in um in the bad batch or in, in resistance or in the mandalorian and while i do pick up on certain things where the music is just oh, mind-blowing yeah. or, or something is just visually stunning stunning while that is present i i think it's more it was more common in star wars rebels and it's just like every other episode was just it yeah. just blew me away. Yeah, we just kept saying it. <laughs> and, and maybe we... I'm biased, but but yeah, whenever I think about the beauty of Star Wars, in in visually and musically speaking, I, I I automatically go to Rebels. Yeah, yeah. So all these years later, who would you say is your favorite character? Like, do you even remember who was your favorite character at the start of the series? Because I think for me it was Sabine. I endear myself to 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 Ezra from uh. the beginning, but one that I did not expect to be such a good favorite was Callus. I knew you were going to say Callus. No, yeah, <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yes, he was hot, no doubt about it, and that voice. Oh, oh yes, sh- yes, you know from David the, Yellow. Yellow. Oh wow! <laughs> but I think it was more of. The ambivalence of the man, mm. which endear it to me, because that's a reality of life. You know, we 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 
get to know people, we, we meet people. And, and the truth is that most of us, in, the, in a big majority, we have a certain ambivalence about us, about who we are. What do we believe in? What are, how far are we willing to go? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how principled we are, you know? And that's what Callus represented to me, that the, the ambivalence of man and, and what you do and what you end up doing. And I, lo- I love that. I love that about that character. Yeah, yeah. Callus was definitely someone I didn't think they would they would go there. Yeah, and it really because it did, and, and to me they did it in a in a very uh, somewhat different way. It, it may have looked like it was a repetitive thing about redemption and whatnot mm. but i i think they sort of did a very soft subtle more subtle way about it because we it, one of the things that, that that we kept saying whenever he appears is look at how he he looked look at the way he looked at that person All the subtle look, 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 yeah, the, yeah those subtle movements in his face and, and responses that he gave when he heard others do certain things. We started knowing him just by that. Right. Which is one of the also, also beautiful things that I love about the show. You could pick nuances out of the faces of the characters. Yes, yeah. Keith Kellogg and his team really <laughs> did outstanding in that department. Especially since you think about how certain shows like Arcane, for example, on Netflix that I, I recently watched and I thought, wow, the way that they capture those facial expressions, you'd think that there's an actual person acting, acting yeah. behind that. And the thing with Arcane is that they had an, a huge budget. Like it, it's unheard of for an animated show to have the kind of budget that they um, had for the first season. But Rebels had, like, a fraction of that. And, and they had to make do with what they had. And, and they, they still, still made it happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I, 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 they're the greatest. <laughs> I, 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 may, I, I may be biased. Call me biased if you want to. But they are the greatest. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, my, my favorite character at the beginning was Sabine. I think I remember that correctly and so the reason I had defaulted to Sabine was because she's Mandalorian I was like I gotta stick with my Mandalorian crowd because I I just I love them I love them as a culture as a people and you know they love shooting things (laughs) (laughs) that just reminds me of that quote from Kanan uh, where he goes uh what is it with you Mandalorians <laughs> wanting to shoot things or something to that effect? I forget exactly. But um, yeah, yeah, such a uh, that's the reason why I fell in love with her. What's the reason why I still love her? Because she's she's just amazing overall outside of the whole Mandalorian part. But then, I, you know, I started growing. Ezra started growing on me. I was like, oh, man. This kid. <laughs> this kid is going to be my favorite. I know it. And it was partly because of the way the community, the fan community, was reacting to him. You know, people thought he was annoying. People thought that he was immature. You know, I, I wanted to give you him a hug. became mama bear. Uh, yeah, I became a mama bear. I was like, I got to protect my son <laughs> from, from these comments. And so, yeah, he became an instant favorite from that point forward. But then it wasn't just me saying, oh, he's my favorite and not having any evidence to back it up. It The, the evidence is there in the show. <laughs> like, this character, the, the next segment of the show I want to get into is, so let's take a look at the characters' journeys. So for Ezra in particular, as I mentioned earlier, he went from a street rat who only thought about himself to someone who you could say passed his Jedi Knight trial with that last one last lesson. And he really did grow and and grow in a way where he wasn't just thinking about himself. He was thinking about everyone else around him, which, you know, oftentimes it was a, a bit too much. You know, we saw in, 
uh, twin sons where he was biting more than he could chew. chew. You know, he wanted to find Obi-Wan. He wanted to defeat the Sith. He wanted to defeat the Empire. That's not, that wasn't his place. It, he had his place and it was to protect his home. It was to protect Lothal. It took him a while to get there, but he got there. <laughs> and, that, and, and and that's what endears it, to, endears him to us. The fact that he kept going. Yes, yeah. Regardless of failure, regardless of whether he he got his way or not, whenever he thought he, that was what he was supposed to do, he still stood up and kept going. Right, yeah. And, and you know, his empathy, his, you know, golden heart. Those are the things that I really love about that character. Yeah, he's silly. Yeah, he's a dork. <laughs> yeah, it takes him a while to pick up on things but you know that's everyone in, in this in this, in this planet. planet yeah <laughs> like we we take a little while for the lesson to settle in yeah I, 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 i've been 56 years here already and i know i still have a lot more yeah a lot more to learn but i just i really love how they they took that character and they gave us what what an average teenager would be and what the average teenager could become if they have the proper support system and uh, the drive to, you know, do good yeah. for the sake of doing good. And then so let's work backwards. So he's, he was Spectre 6. Let's go with Spectre 5. So Sabine, you know, she went from being an Imperial cadet to being a bounty hunter to being a rebel with a cause. <laughs> To uh, being someone who found the dark saber and united helped unite her people with yeah. the dark saber, and eventually became the savior of Lothal in a way, um, helping rebuild it while Ezra wasn't there. She had such an emotional journey, and and it, it like hits you right in season three because it slowly builds up. You know, yeah. you know that she doesn't really trust have trust in people she has like a wall around her she wants to appear as if nothing can penetrate her and then season three it hits with the dark saber and Kanan gets through to her and she confesses like all the things that she's been holding, holding back. back and yeah those were some of the most emotional moments from the series when she breaks down and she's essentially beating Kanan <laughs> with the Darksaber. But I feel like we still have, we barely scratched the surface yeah. with that character. And I feel like she has so much potential. Give us a novel. <laughs> Give us her own series. Where is it? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Sabine. Sabine, I, I, and I really love how they built Sabine to be up there with Ezra. Like yeah. they both grew and saw eye to eye with each other. And I just, I, I really appreciate that they did that. And they realized that along the way to build these two characters up with each other. And then, you know, Spectre 4 was Zeb. So, you know, Zeb went from being an honor guard to finding out he wasn't the only Lassat because there was a point in time when he thought he was the only Lassat alive. And the pain that he he lived with because he... he survivor's he also, guilt. Yeah, yeah, survivor's guilt. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's not easy th believing you're the last one and, and then on top of it thinking that maybe you could have done something. Right. So that you wouldn't be the last one. And, right. And again, it was not under his control. Yeah, exactly. And he went on to be the uh, the catalyst for Callus. Callus. You know, he befriended Callus, of all people. Yeah. <laughs> and Callus, uh, his interactions with Callus, specifically in that episode, the honorable ones. And I never thought they would give us an enemy mind sort of situation, situation yeah. <laughs> between those two characters. That was, By the way, still one of the, the my favorite movies yeah, of all time. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I need to rewatch it. It's been so long. But, you know, I still think he was underused for most of the show. I feel yeah. like there, there could have been more that could have been done with that character, uh, with Zeb, I mean. But when it was his turn to shine, 
Yeah, he, he really, really did it. Lit up the yeah. screen. It just like there are moments that stand out to me where Zev really was an integral member yeah. Of, yeah. of the team. The, he's he's definitely another character who has so much potential for you know exploring his life on on uh, Lasan before what what happened with Callus happened. So one of these days, hopefully, it'll give us something. <laughs> And then going into uh, Spectre 3, Chopper, what a character. So he went from, you know, a Y-wing droid pilot during the Clone Wars to being the family cat who I think has single-handedly killed more Imperials than anyone else in oh the show. Oh my god, than he's else a killing machine. <laughs> yeah. But such a lovable killing <laughs> machine. That murder bot. But. Yeah. <laughs> Like Chopper, Chopper definitely showed us that he yeah. has heart, and we saw it scattered throughout the show. Even though he was a grump, he he wanted to protect his family, um, and that's you know that's those are cats it, overall. Yeah, <laughs> they're grumps, but they they love you <laughs> in their own way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Chopper, and then of course I it was awesome to find out that Dave Filoni was the one who had voiced Chopper the entire time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what a funny guy. <laughs> And then moving on with Hera, Spectre 2, you know, she went from a young girl who looked up at the sky to becoming the best pilot in the galaxy. And I know people are like, well, everyone says, everyone who is a pilot says they're the best in the galaxy. Yeah, she was. But she was, for Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, because the, the way I define what makes you the best pilot in the galaxy is if you can... You know, not just say I can fly anything is to literally fly anything. anything. She flew um, B wings. She flew X wings. She flew <laughs> um, her, her her ghost ship. You know, she has she has such a strong skill when it comes to piloting, and it, it comes through. It it shines regardless of what ship she's in, and that's Hera. Yeah, it was meant for her to be in amongst the stars. Yes. For sure. You know, and she also went from being a mom-like figure to being an actual oh, mom. mom towards the end of the series. And Hera was also is also important to me because I feel like she is a cautionary tale of, you know, that saying that people say, um, you don't know what you've got until it's, it's gone. gone. If, if you love something, you should just... Embrace it. Yeah. Appreciate it. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait yeah. because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think that was their intention <clears throat> for her to exemplify that lesson, but I definitely got that. Yeah. Because, you know, the whole time she put off any personal relationship with Kanan because... The, the mission was important. important. The the, rebe- the rebellion was important. Again, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. And once it was gone, that's when it really hit her. Like, he's not coming back. Yep. And the only thing I have of him now is, is our son. Don't cry, mommy. <laughs> don't cry. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that was too late. <laughs> you're crying now (laughs) okay um but yeah she's another again all these characters in this show have so much potential to be explored elsewhere because i know she's shown up here and there in some video games and you know in the freemaker adventures she also makes an appearance but it's like man i just want something that's just her her and jason (laughs) (laughs) give me that okay and we we and and we understand that um it cannot be all animated. All, oh, all these yeah. characters can cannot have their own animated series. That's you know? true. But, you know, there's good writers out there. Yeah. There are good illustrators out there. Give me a comic. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Give me something. But anyway, you know, going into our, our last Spectre here, Spectre 1, Kanan Jarrus. Went from being a curious Padawan to hiding his true nature 
to becoming the leader of the ghost crew, uh, eventually becoming a Jedi Knight, to eventually sacrificing himself, coming full circle the way that his own master had had, had sacrificed herself to protect him. And and of course, his legacy continues with Jason Sindula. What I love most about Kanan is he was so insecure about how to teach Ezra about whether he should do any of this, that he turned out to be the best Jedi. He was the, the, he was the reluctant leader. Yeah. The one who didn't want to lead, but the one with all the ideas of how to lead. Right. The abilities, the skills. But he didn't want to do it, but he had to do it. Right. And he, he came into his own, and he grew, and he developed, and and he became. And, oh, God. What a journey for that character. Because... You know, there are people who naturally think that they're born leaders. Yeah. And then there are people who... <laughs> are natural born leaders, but they don't see themselves exactly. that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was Kanan. Yeah. And and what's interesting is that I, I don't think he'd ever... I don't think he would ever say that he was one of the best Jedi, if not the best Jedi to have ever lived. But in my perspective, he definitely was. was. Yep. <laughs> because he he not only embodied some of the the core principles of being a Jedi, but he also modified them to fit his students, and and that is such an important thing for someone who's imparting wisdom. It's like you can't just lay all this information down and expect your student to learn. You need to modify it. You, you cannot impose knowledge. Yes, exactly. You, you, you have to weave it into the vessel that is receiving it. Right. You yeah. cannot just dump it. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, and Kanan realized that at some point. And he was teaching the way that Ezra was capable of learning in a way that he was capable of learning. And... Yeah, I just admire him for doing the best that he could with the resources that he had. And and that that's what makes him a Jedi Knight in the end. It's like I I I can't stop him from destroying or or even destroying himself. I I can only just teach him the best that I can and, and hope for and the hope best for the best. And that's that's when he gets knighted because he was able to realize that. He was able to let go, I guess, in that moment. But yeah, all of them, such a great ensemble of characters. And now, I, you know, let's take a look at who is your favorite villain or antagonist <sighs> from the series. Because, you know, we had Vader briefly, the Grand Inquisitor, the Seventh Sister, the Fifth Brother, Palpatine himself... Mall. <laughs> so um, I don't know. My favorite, honestly, would have to be the Grand Inquisitor and Mall. Like, like I can't choose between them because the Grand Inquisitor was really menacing, especially being voiced by Jason Isaacs, who does such a great job at playing a bad guy. He was Lucius Malfoy in Harry Potter. He was uh, Admiral Zhao in um, Avatar The Last Airbender. Like, he's just so good at being bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Grand Inquisitor was such a great character, especially, especially with his spinning lightsaber. <laughs> I, I like some things of Blue Guy. What's his name? Oh, shoot, Thrawn. Yeah. <laughs> I completely yeah, forgot about I, I, I will always... I, I have no idea because Tron confused... The name confuses with... Thrawn, you know, like the, so. I, I try not to say his name because uh, it confuses yes, yes, me. Yes. So blue guy, to yeah. me, he's blue guy. Which is funny because that's what Ezra ends up calling him when he first sees him. Uh, who's the blue guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I like some things of blue guy, like him. He, his calculating. Yes, it was. He was manipulating like Palpatine, mm-hmm. but he did it in a more direct way. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He looked he looked at you in the eye mm-hmm. when one when trying to manipulate you. Unlike Palpatine who, who did, it did it from my shadows. shadows yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he did it so well. Which is interesting because and, and I'm not sure what their end game is with Thrawn because Thrawn apparently in the books isn't like that. He there's a reason why he is the way that he is. And I'm not all that sure because I haven't read the books, but in Rebels, they really make him out to look like a bad guy, even though in the books, he's not necessarily. And so when Ahsoka showed up in The Mandalorian and mentioned Thrawn, and it's like, well, are they trying to make him the bad guy again? Like, I don't I don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> There's a tug of war between Thrawn's character that I'm not sure what side it's going to land on. But yeah, you're right in that in the yeah. show, he is very calculating. He you know observes and then he acts. It's yeah. like a, ch- a giant chess game for, for him. him. Yes. Yeah. So I like that yeah. about him. Well, who who else? Who, who who? What's another body in there that I, that I? Well, and my my other one was Maul. Maul seduced Ezra in a way that his one of his weaknesses is seeing the good in other people, regardless yeah. of who that person is. And it, it's not always a weakness. That's also a strength. But if you're not careful, yeah, you it can, can easily, yeah, it can easily, you can easily fall into a trap. And that's exactly what happened with Maul. And Maul did a very, very good job oh, of making yeah. Ezra think that I can be your friend. Hey, at one point, I even thought about it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, he was so good at doing it. Yeah, yeah. Because let's face it, um, Sam Whitworth. Sam Whitworth. He he has that kind of voice, that mellow tone that just captures you, and you want to keep hearing right. whatever he's saying. Right, you know, right. whether you understand it or not, you just want to keep hearing. Yeah, and he brought that into Mole Mole's um character. Yes, yeah, and and, and that's why he he was so successful at at, at pulling at Ezra because Ezra with his Thing of, of wanting to see good in everybody, then Maul with that tone and that thing just bring him in over. Like, yeah, even was... I, like I said, even I at one point doubted myself. Yeah. I knew he was never gonna be the good guy, but like at, at one point, I like, gosh, <laughs> is he? Is I don't he? Know. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's it's. Such an interesting character, Maul, and ultimately, finally, oh man, because it took a while, uh, (laughs) finally kicking the bucket in Twin Suns, which was also another fantastic episode. So yeah, I I, I think those would be it. Yeah, Yeah, those are definitely my favorite values. Yeah. Yeah. And who would you say is your favorite non-ghost crew member? Because you've got people Hondo. like... Hondo. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was, that was quick. I, I was... Uh, yeah, I was thinking, um, you know, people like Rex, Ahsoka, a whole bunch of people that they met along the way. Ryder Azadi. You know, for me, it would be Commander Sato. I think Commander Sato was definitely one of my top favorite characters. And I was so sad. I remember crying when he died. Because he he didn't have that much of a of a big role, but the way that he went down, believing in what he believed, and and wanting to have the crew Phoenix Squadron on Chopper Base survive, and sacrificing himself like he wasn't a Jedi, but he he I knew what was at stake. stake. Yeah, and and he he laid down his life so that they could continue and i think that's that's being a hero in every sense of the word and so yeah some commander sato definitely stands out as a as a character that i wish could have had more but he he definitely went down very in a very memorable way i would have to say gregor gregor who also ended up dying in this show when he, he when he oh god yeah, i'm going to cry again oh my god <sighs> cry fast 2022 
<laughs> when when he died, he died free. Yeah, he did. He did die, doing and believing in, in in a cause that they weren't born into, they weren't molded to, or, or made to, programmed to to believe. It was something that they chose to fight in themselves, which is not something that they were given. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they weren't given that opportunity before. Oh, man. What a great character. Yeah. That was very, very sad um, when that happened. Especially, you know, we see him in the Bad Batch, making that appearance yeah. in the Bad Batch. And it's like, we know and where you We know you when you're going to end up, man. And... We know. <laughs> uh, such such great storylines and characters scattered throughout this show. So what does the future look like for the Ghost Crew? So I don't know what what they have planned, but I'm hoping that, you know, we get more of Jason Sindula. I mean, there's so much potential, especially going into the sequel era. Like this kid has so much potential for that that chunk of time. Um, you know, I, I don't know what's going on with Sabine's journey or Ezra's journey, but here's hoping we get something. And, and even though it might show up in live action, I'm hoping, you know, a good chunk of it will show up in animated form at some point. So crossing fingers. <laughs> um, and then of course, Zeb and Callus. you know, at the end they were... Uh, Zeb was happy to show Callus uh, Lyra San, and so where are their adventures? <laughs> What's going on on their end? You know, and as I mentioned earlier, Hera has made her own appearances here and there, so who knows what, what she's up to uh, during that sequel era. And we know that Kanan made a very brief appearance in The Rise of Skywalker. Towards the very end, when when Rey is you know calling the Jedi to her, and you hear all these different voices. voices speaking to her, and Kanan is one of those voices, and it just uh, it made me so happy to hear his voice. Like I cried <laughs> when I heard his voice. But yeah, Kanan is one with the Force, but still retains his personality his individuality somewhere in the cosmos which is really impressive because yeah apparently you lose that when you die unless you train for it i i think that's also part of what made his exit so so memorable i think that it was just more than than he realizing this is what I have to do. This is my moment. Because when those eyes got cleared, it's more than just seeing. Right. You know what I'm saying? It goes beyond seeing. So I, I think that, that that is what makes that moment in The Rise of Skywalker when you hear his voice. Mm. And you know he, he retained his personality. Because that moment where you see, it's, it's, you're seeing beyond yeah. what you have in front of you. There's so much of the Force that we don't know. You know, at least that they haven't created yet. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's so much mystery behind it that... Yeah. Even if he didn't train that the way that Yoda or, or Obi-Wan or Qui-Gon had trained, there is uh, there's room there for him to exist in, in a different way. And Ahsoka even mentions that when she and Ezra are in the world between worlds. Just when you think you know about the Force, you actually find out that you don't no, really yeah. know anything about it. <laughs> yeah, like, um, it, 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 And again, to me, it's, it goes... To the the way the crew the, the the way they animated these characters that that you can actually see in just a a, a frame of eyes you can see more than yeah. just the eyes. Yeah, good <sighs> stuff, good stuff. And of course, Hondo ended up on Batu in Galaxy's Edge doing his you know stuff which is interesting hondo is a very interesting character as you pointed out earlier because he went from someone who had money to then someone in rebels who really didn't have money or connections 
Like, what happened there? And then went back into business on Batu. So it's like, where's that story? <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that what makes him interesting is, is the complexity of who he is, why he does what he does, what is behind what he does. Right. Is there anything behind what he does? You know what I'm saying? It's like that you never know. Yeah, yeah. I think the one time you do know... And it happened in, I want to say it was either in a family reunion and farewell or the prior episode. But it's when he comes to help the ghost crew. And he says, for that boy, there is nothing I would not do. Yeah. That's how much Ezra meant to him. And I think that's the the, the one time that you really get to see, to see Hondo. Hondo. The, the real Hondo. The real Hondo. Uh, the Hondo that he chooses to show in that moment. Yeah. And how genuine he is about how much he cares about Ezra. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to think of who else. There's so many different characters. I mean, you could talk all day about this show. The whole four seasons to me were amazing. I cannot say there was one bad episode the whole way through. They they all had its They all played a part. They all played a part. They, They all had a reason for being, for... And it showed through. I mean, look at that episode with uh, the Purgle. Yeah. In season two, when people thought like, why, why, why is this, why does this exist? And look <laughs> and then, at that ending, that beautiful ending, like, holy. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. Oh, man, what a show, what a show. So that's basically it. I mean, I just really wanted just to walk down memory lane and... You know, think about the good of the show and all the good stuff it brought us, all the heartbreaking stuff it brought us. <laughs> yeah. It was still good. <laughs> and I will rewatch it one of these days. One when, of these days. When, when I know I'm not going to be crying so much. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for today's special episode. Hope you all have a wonderful Rebels Remember Day. We'll be back for season two of The Bad Batch whenever that comes out (laughs) but until then where can listeners find you mommy uh listeners can find me on twitter with the handle at hovian214 and listeners can also find me on twitter with the handle at blue j guys and geeky bubble on twitter with the handle at geeky bubble pod and may the force be with you always